Go ahead and have a seat. So, we'll do it after. So, today we're continuing our series about we've been looking at women in the Bible. And um, we're going to look at every single one because there's far too many. And so, I've just kind of picked out a few that maybe we don't talk about a lot. Or maybe they're ones that we just we just misunderstand them, like the ones that that we are going to talk about today of who this person actually is, and uh, we're going to talk about Mary Magdalene today. Who first? Let me tell you some things of who she wasn't. Several times in our lives, we associate Mary Magdalene with. In Luke chapter seven, we see that there's this prostitute that comes in washes Jesus's feet with her tears and her hair and then the second thing about Mary Magdalene that she's not is that she's not the wife of Jesus if you remember the movie the Da Vinci Code in the book that was kind of the plot about that wasn't it that there was this secret society or secret belief that Mary Magdalene was actually the wife of Jesus and that they actually had children together so both of these are fiction Sorry to burst your bubble, but they're not true. Neither story is. In fact, the reason these stories even exist is because the early church leaders, who happen to be men, figures, right? They, they didn't like the idea that Mary Magdalene had such an a influence, that she played a significant role in the early church, that she was part of the ministry of Jesus. They just didn't like that. They didn't like that, that Jesus was empowering women, that uh, in especially in the Bible, they didn't like that. They didn't want to. They didn't want to give women the credit. So especially Mary Magdalene, and they wanted to discredit her and create these stories to just make her life insignificant. And in reality, I think that Mary was really a trusted disciple. Now, a disciple is a. It's a term that we use a lot. I think we say that word a lot. And many of us in this room consider ourselves, I think, disciples of Jesus. And if I asked you what it means to be a disciple, what would that mean? Tell me some things of what that means to be a disciple. Follower. Follower. Student. Student. A what? A seed. Anybody else have any answers? Spread the word of Jesus. These are all good things. These are all things that are part of being a disciple. But let me give you a definition because you know I like definitions or you know I like quotes or things of people. I like to read things that smart guys wrote that get paid to write things because it makes me feel smart or it helps me learn things because sometimes I'm not very smart. But it, what it means to be a dis disciple of Jesus and what it means. And you'll find some of the things that we talked about in here. It's just he words it a little bit more eloquently than, than most of us do. Let me read this to you. Be on your screen, too. It said, A disciple is one who follows Christ, trusting in him alone for salvation, worshiping his person, loving him with whole heart, imitating his life, and obeying his teaching, living dependently by abiding in Christ, walking in the Holy Spirit, meditating on the Word of God, engaging in communion, and partnering with the body of Christ, resulting in the transformation of the mind, the heart, and the life, and leads others to do the same. 
So that's a pretty good definition, I think. It's packed with a whole bunch of stuff in there. And today I want to kind of unpack this a little bit by looking at the life of Mary Magdalene. And I want to start with a point that I think everybody starts with. Everybody that calls them uh, themselves a disciple, as Mary Magdalene started here also, we need to be healed. So that's my first point, is to be healed. And I, I think I could also word this as we need to be saved, which is really what this healing is, is we're healed from our current spiritual situation. This spiritual state where we, we just do life the way we want to do it. We do the way the life, what we think feels good, what we feel just it's, it's apart from God. It's separated from God that we don't really accept this, this forgiveness that Jesus gave us on the cross. This, this, this forgiveness that God sent his son to die on a cross for us. That we may, some of us, we may know nothing about Jesus. Some of us, we may know a lot about Jesus. We may grew up in a home that that's all they talked about Jesus. But some of us, we might just, we don't care. We do whatever we want to do. Just follow my own path. That we don't realize that we need to be forgiving. That we need to have this spiritual healing. That we need to have this relationship with God restored. Now, for many of us that have, that have received this spiritual healing, I want you to think back and remember that moment when you, when you decided. When you decided to follow Jesus. And you fi- finally stopped and you just wanted to trust Jesus with your life. Trust, trust what he said. Wasn't it kind of like being, being healed? Did you just have something inside you that it felt like healing? Now, every one of us in this room, this, their stories are different. Some of them you might see that their spiritual healing also accompanied with a physical healing, that there actually was a physical healing and the spiritual healing at the same time. Now, all of our stories, like I said, are different. My story of being healed probably isn't one that you're going to make a movie out of it's 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 got some moments but it's not that exciting some of you your stories are they're like oscar award winners they were made a movie out of that that's guaranteed now regardless of what our story is we all have something in common we all decided to trust jesus to believe in jesus to trust god to receive that forgiveness to receive that healing to receive this restoration with that relationship with God, to, to have this new life in Jesus. And I bet, as I keep saying, I bet every one of us felt like we were healed. And we were. We were all spiritually healed. Now, I remember coming back to Billings after I finally, I got it. I finally figured it out. And I remember coming back, and I, I felt like I just had this glow to me. Like there was this weird, like I was kind of just bright and shiny. And I kind of would light up the room. I know, that's weird, isn't it, Allie? It's weird. I saw you laugh at me. I know. But in the story of Mary Magdalene, I think she received both physical and spiritual healing. And we see in a couple places that the Bible, it references Jesus having driven out seven demons from Mary Magdalene. Not just one, but seven. Could you imagine? You have seven demons? Look at, look at Luke 8, 2. Just at the very end, it says, Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out, and then this is repeated again in Mark 16, 9. It says, He appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had seven, driven seven demons. So it's repeated there. That, I mean, seven demons, that's a lot. Now, 
we all have a starting point, don't we, where we, where we let Jesus heal us. Like I said, spiritually and sometimes even physically. Jesus heals our relationship that kept us separated from God. The, the, the point when we decided to receive this forgiveness of, and just quit doing life on our own. Forgiveness for our sins that, that kept us away from God, kept us maybe trapped, trapped in this, this life that I live and I just don't see any way out. But we received that spiritual healing. Right now, I'm going to do something different. Right now, I'm going to ask that maybe all your life you've, you've rejected Jesus. You haven't received this spiritual healing. That also maybe there's some of us in this room that we need, we're in need of physical healing. And so for those who haven't received the spiritual healing, like I said, you've been doing life on your own, and, and you're, you have something stirring up inside of you right now. There's something in your gut, in your heart, that you're going, I want to be healed. I'm going to be healed today. That you're going to get that spiritual healing. That you want to receive what Jesus gives us. Like we read in that definition of being a disciple. That you want to become a disciple today, and you want to follow Jesus. So you'll see there's a card in the back of your seat those of you in the front row, you're going to have to ask someone behind you to give you a card if you want a card. But I'm going to ask you to just take that card sometime before service is over or even after service. And there's some other things on there too if you want to volunteer for stuff or things like that. But there's a spot on there that says, I have a card here, that says, I am receiving spiritual healing today and accepting Jesus today in my life. And then there's another one that says, I'm in need of physical healing. If yes, where? If this is any of you today, just take that card out. Put your name on it, your phone number. If it's physical healing, write down what needs to be healed. And if it's, if it's physical healing, we're going to have some people pray for you this week. I can't promise you that you're going to be healed, but I do believe that Jesus, he's a healer. He's, he will heal you. He had that possibility is there, the, the capability is there. So we're going to have people pray for you. And if you want any spiritual healing, Go to the Connect booth afterwards, and, and Allie will have something for you that will kind of tell you what it means to, to do that. So, again, after service, do that. And the next point I want to make is a point of Mary Magdalene is that she was devoted. And that's something I, ne I think we need to do, is we need to be devoted. Now, I, I shared the very end of Luke 8.2, but I want to look at Luke 8.1. And, the, and, and to the whole thing this time. It says, After Jesus traveled about from town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God, the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come. So we see Mary traveling with Jesus. We see that she was devoted to his teachings. The text is telling us that Mary changed maybe the current way she was living life. And she decided, I'm going to begin to follow this guy around. I think this Jesus is more important than what I had going on over here. And I'm devoting myself to follow Jesus. Now, you may have, this whole time, this may come as a surprise, because you may have thought that this, this group of Jesus had, that this is just a boys-only club. And I read this, and I go, I, I don't think it was think there was other people there too now being devout means to be deeply dedicated to a belief or a cause now we're devoted to sports team Stan's not here so I'm going to make fun of one of his teams right now because that's what I like to do 
But you remember how he used to talk all this Golden State Warriors stuff? He used to, you haven't heard much about it this year, have you? Yeah, because they're not very good. So I think he maybe had some bandwagon devotion, some temporary devotion. But we see a lot of people, they're devoted to many people, they're devoted to many cause. Some of them good, some of them bad. Now if I mention the name Hitler, Hitler had a lot of people devoted to him. Probably not an example of a very good cause, is it? Now, what about Martin Luther King Jr. and some other civil rights leaders that people devoted to them and their message? And I think most of us would agree that's, that was a good example of good devotion. Now, currently, we have lots of different things that there's many people devoted to a lot, a lot of different things. And I'll just throw out some names. We see a lot of activity with Antifa. People are devoted to that. Maybe if I say Trump, people are devoted to him. Biden, people are devoted to him. The New Green Deal, people are devoted to that. COVID has its own little devotion, I think. Black Lives Matters, defund the police, QAnon. Lots and lots of names out there, isn't there? And I'm not going to say what's bad, what's good, what's anything. I'm just throwing names out there that you, I think we can all recognize with the, the devotion that people have to these, these different causes. But I want to propose or I want to say that there's one place that we should be devoted to, one person that we should be devoted to. That person is Jesus. Jesus is where our devotion should be. That should be our devotion, our only devotion. Now, Many of us have heard the story of Mary and Martha in the Bible. And if you haven't, I'm going to tell it to you. It's at, the, it's at the end of Luke 10. Now, it's a different Mary. It's not the same Mary. There's a lot of Marys in the Bible. So it gets kind of confusing there. But what we do is we see Jesus. He comes to this town and he says, you know what? Mary and Martha, I'm going to come to your house. I'm going to hang out for a while. We're going to, I'm going to teach. I'm going to have people come over. So... Yeah, that's just what's going to happen. I'm just going to hang out at you, your guys' place. So Martha, being a good host, decides, you know what? Okay, I'm going to cook all this food. I'm getting all this stuff together. And we're gonna, I'm going to show hospitality, which I talked about a few weeks ago. But then there's Mary. Mary doesn't do any of that. Mary's just sitting, chilling at, at Jesus' feet, listening to what he has to say. She's just mesmerized or just... What seems to be she's neglecting what Martha thinks is important because Mary's being devoted to Jesus. Now, Martha is just distracted by all these things, all these things that she thinks needs to be done, not having devoted to Jesus. She's not just trusting everything in Jesus. So do we have distractions in our life? Do we have things that keep us from being devoted to Jesus? The things that keep us com from being completely devoted to him. Now, right now, you know, not so much today because the weather's not so nice, but yesterday is a pretty nice day. So you get, keeps you distracted from maybe being devoted to Jesus. You know, because I want to go golfing or things like that. And earlier in my life, I'll admit that, that when I was running marathons, it would take away from my devotion to Jesus. Because it, it would cost me time. And, it, 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 and I realize that now after the fact. But that life is full of distractions. Things that I think I want to do right now. Things that, that I think are more important maybe or make me feel better rather than being devoted to Jesus. Being devoted and doing what Jesus wants me to do. 
Now, today, this morning, actually, I, I texted her this morning just to tell her we're praying for you and we're thinking about you. Today, there's a member of our church that is um, taking a trip to a place that's not very safe for Christians to be going to. But she's going there because of her devotion to Jesus. Because she's, she's, she's willing to give up even her life to follow where her devotion to Jesus is taking her. She was willing to, as we would say, she's willing to give up my life, my desires, my things that maybe I might think are more important to give up all that when we say things like me, myself, and mine. She's given it up to be devoted to Jesus. Now, Mary Magdalene, I think she gave up all of hers too, and she was devoted to Jesus. Now, that definition I read about being a disciple, like I said, it's a good description. I want to read that again just to let it kind of sink in a little bit. A disciple is one who follows Christ, trusting in him alone for salvation, worshiping his person, loving him with whole heart, imitating his life and obeying his teachings, living dependently by abiding in Christ, walking in the Holy Spirit, meditating on the word of God, engaging in communion, and partnering with the body of Christ resulting in the transformation of the mind, the heart, and the life, and leads others to do the same. So be devoted. A disciple is devoted. Now the next thing I think we see Mary being is, is she's generous. So be generous. At Hope Center, this is something, I think we're good at this. I, I think this is something that we, we capture this at Hope Center. Now, we're not given a lot of background of Mary Magdalene. The, it, the Bible doesn't really tell us a lot about her. But we see at the end of Luke 8, in, at the very end of verse 3, it says these words. It says, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. I read this and to conclude that Mary, and there was another group of women there also, that they were being generous. That they gave what they had. And should we say in, in modern terms, that, that they paid the bills. They helped pay the bills. Now look at this out of Proverbs 11, which is 24 and 25. It says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I think we've heard it's better to give than receive, right? We've, that's something we've heard a lot. And I think this out of Proverbs, it's not giving us this magic formula for monetary wealth. The, the wealth comes at the end of this in verse 25 when it says, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Because it's refreshing to be generous, isn't it? At least I find it refreshing to help others. And also I think we're created in God's image. And, and God was so generous to us and we have a generous God. So it makes sense that we also would be generous and that we would be refreshed. For most of us, this concept probably isn't foreign to us. If it is, I'm just going to ask, give it a try. Just give it a try. Be generous and see if you don't feel refreshed. Now, being generous doesn't just mean your money. Being generous could be your time. Being generous could be some possessions you have. Being generous could be lots of different things. If you see somebody in need, if you see a person in need or, or people in need, to just be generous. Now, I remember Josh telling a story a couple years ago. If you guys remember Josh, he was here for a little while, the kids' ministry. 
and Josh had just bought this new pair of shoes. I think they were these Steph Curry shoes. And they, they're expensive. I mean, I think they're like $150 or $200. And he sees somebody in need. He sees somebody walking by that doesn't have any shoes at all. He doesn't even think twice. He just takes those shoes and gives it to them. That's being generous. So be generous because the disciple was generous. The next one is be courageous. Mary's courageous. Remember when Jesus was arrested? Remember the 12 disciples? Remember what they did? They ran away. Remember what Peter did? Peter denied Jesus three times. They hid. They were probably afraid that they were going to be arrested too. Maybe they were afraid that they were going to maybe hang on the cross too. But what do we see Mary Magdalene do? Mary Magdalene was at the cross. If you read John 19, 25, it says, Near the cross, Jesus stood with his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. Now, if Mary was hanging around following Jesus around, you'd think the Romans had to know that she was one of these disciples. That you'd think that she had to know that she was associated with this. But yet we see Mary there at the cross, risking her life to be associated with Jesus. Risking being arrested. Risking knowing what it's going to take. We see her being courageous. And being courageous, maybe another way of, of saying that is, maybe being courageous is being willing to suffer. So are you willing to suffer for this faith you have in Jesus? Now, in America, we, we're so lucky. We're so lucky because we, we can come to church like this and we're not going to be arrested when we leave. We're not going to have to worry about someone showing up at our door, knocking on our door, and, and hauling us to jail or possibly killing us. Now, the church staff has been reading this book during our staff meetings, and this week there was a, the chapter we read. It talked about suffering, and it talked about these, this house church in Iran. I want to read you just a little bit, just a, little, a couple sentences out of there. It says, people who want to join the church, and this is this house church in Iran, must sign a written statement agreeing to lose their property, be thrown in jail, and be martyred for their faith. So I think, Allie, we got those things for him to sign, right? After church, up at the Connect booth, so that those things are signed, that, so that you can come back to church next week, but you got to agree to all these things. And that's not funny. But would you sign that? Why wouldn't you sign it? Well, because maybe we're scared. We're scared of what that really means. Maybe we're not as courageous as we think we are. Maybe we're not willing to suffer as much as we thought we are. Maybe, maybe we're not, we think we're ready to die for Jesus, but maybe we're not. But when Jesus says these words to us out of Luke 9, They'll be on your screen. Listen to these words. It says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. Now when I was talking about this, it got kind of quiet in here. That when Jesus lived on a cross, lived, lived, when his life, the cross wasn't a pretty thing. It's not a pretty thing like this. It's not a pretty thing like this cross. When I go different places, I, I, I 
kind of start a collection of, of buying crosses like this. But they're not pretty. Jesus' time, the cross represented death. If you were seen with a cross, that means the Roman government has condemned you to death. And you're carrying your cross to, to die. And that's what Jesus is saying. So Mary was being courageous, being willing to suffer, is that you were ready to die. Die this horrible death on the cross. Die it for Jesus. That you're willing to give your life. Now that's courage. So I guess, are we courageous? And I'll just say, be courageous, because a disciple is courageous. Next thing, be ready. Be ready to tell your story. This is, these are some words in Acts, Acts 1, 8. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Mary, she, when Jesus, after the third day on that Sunday, she runs to the empty tomb. She runs to the tomb, and she sees it's empty. And she's not really sure what happened to the body of Jesus. But Jesus appears to her, and he tells her, he says, you know what, go to my disciples. Go to those guys that are hiding in that room, and you be my witness. You tell them that Jesus is risen from the dead, and he's alive. And Mary was ready to go tell her story. She was ready to go tell her story to everyone about Jesus, unafraid, courageous, willing to take up her cross. And again, I ask, are you ready? 1 Peter 3.15 But in our, your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reasons for the hope that you have. But do this gen with gentleness and respect. It's our story. It's our story of being healed. About how we received our life for losing ours for Jesus. And this hope that we have in Jesus. Now, sometimes... Words are optional. Words are optional in what it means to be ready. Now, how do we live our lives? How do we conduct ourselves? People are watching, watching to see if you've really been healed. And they're looking to see if you mess up. And we will mess up, but how do we handle it? If we've received this new life, do we go back to our old ways of dealing things? Maybe anger, maybe just we live in unforgiveness maybe we go back to drug use or alcohol use or whatever coping mechanism that we that we used to have to that's how we handled it but people will see if they're watching they're going to see this new way they're going to see this new way of what what it means to be a jesus follower what it means to be devoted to jesus and they'll see this new life and they'll maybe scratch their head and they'll go I want that too. You know, that definition that we read, it says there's a transformation of our mind, our heart, and our life. And it concludes with there's a transformation leading others to do the same. That people should recognize in our lives that there's this change when we decide to devote ourselves to Jesus. We become this new creation. We're ready to say no to that old life. Just, we're done with that way I used to live. And now, I know a lot of your stories in this room. I've had the privilege of knowing that or being told their stories. And I can say that I can see that transformation. Words are optional. 
I can see that, that just the way your lives are now, that, that you're a disciple of Jesus and what it means to become a disciple. And that our lives, we can use them to make other disciples. Fulfill what Jesus told us to. To, to be witnesses and tell the story of Jesus to the ends of the earth. So be ready, because a disciple is ready. The last one is be blessed. I want to read just several verses of the Bible just really quick to us. It says, Philippians 4.19, And the same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. James 1.12. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his, his face toward you and give you peace. Now, blessing isn't necessarily what the world tells us blessing is. Blessing isn't necessarily just having a lot of money. But blessing, as I read this, blessing is, is having your med needs met by God. Blessing is this, this crown of life that we read about in James, this reward we get for being devoted to Jesus in this suffering we may endure. Blessing is seeing others make this decision to receive spiritual healing. A few weeks ago on Easter, if you remember, we baptized people. And there's this one particular person that sticks out to me. He was, he was one of the group of people that wasn't signed up before. When we offered them, he just stood up. And I didn't even notice him go out, but he went out. They handed me a name of the person. I remember this guy. Remember when I said I was all kind of glowy and shiny? This guy was glowing and shiny. Like, he came out of the water, and he shined. Like, I could see this new creation in his life. And he came up to talk to me afterwards, and I could still see this, this just this shininess about him. I kind of had to go like this. But he... He could have handed, shook my hand and handed me a wad of money, but that wouldn't even have been close to the blessing that I saw of this new creation that was in front of me, this new life that he received. Now, I'm not going to joke. Being a, being a disciple, it might cost us. Taking up your cross, that means I'm willing to die for Jesus. That's a lot to ask. But... In doing so, I receive this new life. I receive a life of promise and a life of blessing. So I'm going to ask, are we all willing to pay that price to be a trusted disciple? Let's pray. Lord, I, I just thank you, Lord, for the life that you give us. Lord, and it's, it, I'll admit it's scary. It is scary at times to think that, that what it means to pick up my cross and follow you, to pick up your cross and be willing to die, willing to die for your son's name, willing to die for Jesus. Lord, I just, that's humbling. It's, it's, it, it, but it's so worth it, Lord. It is so worth it to, to give, your give our lives to gain life, Lord. So I just pray for all of us in this room, Lord. For those of us that are disciples, Lord, give us the courage, Lord. Help us to be devoted. Show us, Lord, 
teach us. Help us to all be willing. Lord, for those of us that aren't disciples yet, Lord, I just pray again, Lord, for people just to be encouraged, to step up and to step out, Lord, and just say, I'm going to be a disciple of yours today, Lord, and that they receive this new life, and their life changes, and then they can be witnesses to others around them, and their lives will be changed, and those around them, their lives will be changed, and that we'll all become part of your kingdom, part of your family. In your name we pray, amen. Short song here, please. Nothing is better than you. 